Well, good morning, friends and family, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So today's Thursday, January 30th, 2020. Today we are on page 86. We're on the second paragraph. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. So uh, today's readers for the 12 Steps, Nancy M., 12 Traditions, Marge E. The readers of our text will be Lauren N., Katie G., and Marge O. Our newcomer greeter today, Elena A. M., and our host will be Jody E. So the reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, January 23rd, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 14038, 14038. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 14040, 14040. So our OA preamble of Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now have Nancy M. read the 12 steps. Good morning, Nancy. Star one, Nancy, can't hear you. Good morning, Kelly. Nancy Moore, food addict and compulsive overeater in upstate New York. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And this is Nancy M., and I thank you for letting me serve. 
Well, thank you, Nancy M. And now I'll have March E. read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, March. Good morning. Thank you very much, Kelly. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, our, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting groups, other groups, or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Margie. Okay, so here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So what you'll do is you'll press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, you let us know by saying pass. Then you'll press star one to mute your phone again. So in order to have a quiet phone, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we are resuming our study of the big book. We're on page 86. We're in the second paragraph there that says, On Awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. And Lauren N. is going to read and unpack that powerful paragraph. Hey, Lauren. Good morning, all. Let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that he be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties 
with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. Wow. Thank you all for giving me this opportunity to share this with you. I read that paragraph or the couple paragraphs um, most mornings. Actually, I am not very good at reading. So what I do is I put it on YouTube video and I listen to it and I listen to it over and over again, probably four or five times. And I figure that I've read it once by the time I've listened to it four or five times. My mind wanders sometimes and I forget where I am, but then I remember it while I'm listening. And, you know, it really speaks to me, the whole thing, the whole um, portion. So it keeps going until um, um, until we um, they get to the end of the whole chapter, actually, and the end of 88, my recording, and it really speaks to me. The whole thing does. Um, I'm able to remember that I, have, I am such a self-seeking motive person, motivated person, and I'll never, never, as so many on the line speak about, um, rise above that. Um, and I get to remember that all the time. And yet on the same, at the same point, I get to remember that I don't want to be that person all the time. And I need to be divorced from self-pity. Yesterday i woke up with a throat cold and feeling achy and I was wah, wah, wah. And you know what? I don't need to be there. And when I listen to my recording, listen to you guys, as well as listen to my, um, this YouTube video, I was able to get out of that place and be of service to others during the day. And that is just an incredible place to be. And thank you all for being there and allowing me to do service. And with that, I'm going to pass. All right. Well, thanks, Lauren. Again, we're on page 86. We're on the second paragraph on awakening. So if you've not shared in the last day or two and would like to share today, give me your first name and initial of your last. Naomi from Boston. Naomi. Katie G. Katie. Tina S. Tina S. Linda D. Linda D. Lane C. Lane C. Oh, I was expecting more. All right, well. Roz G. Roz G, we got you. Let's stop there. Okay, so here's my lineup. 
Naomi B, KG, Tina S, Linda D, Lane C, and Raj G. So guys, make sure your phone is uh, muted, star one. We'll get started with Naomi followed by Katie. Good morning, Naomi. Oh, good morning, my friend. I hope you can hear me okay. This is Naomi B, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. This is this is like <laughs> this is like Christmas morning. Every morning is like Christmas morning on awakening. Because I'm able to greet my friend. And my higher power is my my BFF forever. And of course it wasn't always that way because for the longest time, yeah, the friend was God with a lowercase g. But this is this is just oh my gosh, before my I like I heard someone say so beautifully yesterday, before I hit my feet hit the floor, I'm I'm saying good morning to my best dear friend God. Or before the sun comes up, it's still dark, it's so quiet, all the electronics are off. And and then I proceed with my day and because I asked him to go before me. And and the other thing that my sponsor so beautifully had taught me to say, how can I best serve you? How can I because of all that my God has given to me and I'm blessed with this new job I just started this week, working with children, which I love desperately. And I saw a teacher be a little rough with a child yesterday. I'm so new. I'm not going to say anything because I just started. But this little child, I could see fright in her in her face. And I just reached out my arms. And to me, these are little gods. So she cuddled to me. And I'm not going to say anything. And riding home, I thought, you know what? need to do a 10th step about this woman, which I did, because love and tolerance of others is my code. And I wasn't always that way. No, I was a, I was the tornado, absolutely the tornado. Thank you, God, it's not that way. And like it's so beautifully, beautifully put, I'll never rise above the level of being human. But I have a friend that is with me, and he's very portable. Wherever I go, this is where my friend is. So I'm so thankful, and thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Well, thank you so much for your share, Naomi. Uh, Next up, we have Katie G., followed by Tina S. Hey, Katie. Hello, Kelly. Good morning, friends. Katie G. recovered in Boston. I, too, use all these paragraphs in the morning to get ready to really connect with God. And I think it's important for me to recognize what it's not saying. It's not saying I need to have compassion for myself in the morning. I need to accept that I'm a human and that I need to accept my human emotions. It's saying when I make my plans for the day and remember my schemes and designs are the ones that get me in trouble, I have to ask God to divorce me because I'm married to what? Self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. I am self-indulgent, dwelling on me and my misfortune. I am lying, saying, oh, you know what, I'm just a people pleaser. I'm going to give you what I think you want, so you give me what I want. And then I'm self-seeking. I always want to advance my own motives. So this has nothing to do with self-care. With It is all about self-abandon. So God, good morning, You know, I was filled with self in these ways yesterday. God, show me what is this day that you want me to have? You know, um, 
direct my thinking. And I love what it says. It says, if I can divorce myself, if I can ask God to divorce me from the bondage of self, I can employ, which means to make use of my mental faculties with assurance because God gave me brains to use. And this is the first time I think, and you can correct me because I'm probably wrong, that like, so I'm always thinking main problems in my mind, main problems in my mind, main problems in my mind, right? But now I'm on step 11, and what is it telling me? When I get divorced from the bondage of me, which is the point of inventory, and as we've been talking about, someone beautifully shared in step 11, the AA 12 and 12 talks about that unshakable foundation of inventory prayer and meditation. When I, as an addict, use inventory prayer and meditation, which I must, I can employ my mental cognitive ability, which means that I have insights that I can actually start to trust. Am I always on online? No, which is why I part of my step 11 is sharing with my sponsor. This was my written inventory from last night. This is where I fell short. And then I really talked to God because God gave me brains to use. And I do get inspiration, inspiration of, oh, get in touch with that friend, that that person might be suffering inspiration that has nothing to do with my schemes and design and I am so grateful that because of the power of God's love and grace I can ha- I can use these mental faculties and help others and with that I pass thank you so much Katie G all right next up Tina S followed by Linda D good morning Tina good morning Kelly thanks so much for your service Tina S recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great shares this morning. Thanks so much. So grateful to be uh, on the line and to be able to participate in, in um, this part of the big book, you know, and, you know, and I am so graced by God to have come to this place on a daily basis, which, you know, by working the first um, 10 steps, I get to, to be here and, you know, and I all, I loved all the shares and it's going to probably just be ditto, ditto, ditto. But, you know, it says under these conditions and the conditions are that I ask God to remove my self-pity, dishonest and self-seeking motives. And then I got a shot, you know, and, uh, and daily I do this stuff and I loved it was shared most days. Today was a great day before the meeting. You know, I was able to really be in touch with a power greater than myself and ask for his will for me today and to show me how that's to come about and not to have a preconceived idea of how that is. You know, because I, sometimes I get up and I say, okay, we, you know, uh, relieve me of self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives, but this is my plan. Can you back it up? You know, and today I just wasn't there. And, you know, and on those special days, I am so grateful because then I can come from a place of service because that's not my na- my uh, natural instinct. Let me just tell you, I am, you know, I didn't come here, you know, uh, in recovery to be a service to you. The good news is by the time I get here, I want to be of service. And I can't even explain that. And I don't think I have to. But the joy is that I am happy about that. You know, I get that freedom, you know, and, and on page 131, it says, we are sure God wants, you, wants, me, wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. And that happens through this process, the transformation. And when I do this stuff daily and conscious about it, because like somebody else shared, you know, I am not perfect. At, on, not all days am I able to do this, but on a good day I am. And then I can go about my day and want to have God show me what I can do for you. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
Thank you so much, Tina S. Okay, now we have Linda D. followed by Lane C. Good morning, Linda. Hi, Kelly. It's Linda D. Recovered in Connecticut and so relieved and grateful to be recovered. I um, I use uh, all of this information and um, on a very good morning, which is most mornings, I wake up and I didn't do that and I know that. That's something that was done through me because there really is a higher power. And when I came here, I didn't know that. But through the process of these steps and practicing a lot, getting help from all of you over the years, I know some things that I didn't know then. And on a really clear day, like today, not all days, but like today, I realized that I'm here because I'm self-destructive. I'm in a 12-step program because I'm self-destructive, and that has to all be undone. And basically, I'm running on fear as an addict. And um, the process of these steps brings me to a higher power of my understanding, different for different people. And um, that means I can connect with love. I can get out of the fear by walking through it. I need a lot of help. I need a lot of guidance. Because basically, as a regular, you know, non-addict, I don't know what you call it, before before God, before the steps, um, I had plans and they were all self-destructive. I didn't know it. And that's what I found out. So I really don't know how to live. Each day I'm learning how to live. And it has to do with living in love. And it's not a Hallmark card. It's hard work sometimes, especially toward myself. And I do believe in self-compassion. And that comes from God. God loves me, and I know it now. And I have to apply that to myself in the right proportion. And, And that's all possible through God. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda D. All right, we have Lane C. followed by Roz G. Good morning, Lane. Good morning, Kelly, and good morning, my fellows. Um, This is Lane C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Rochester, New York, and I'm so grateful for for what uh, folks have shared thus far. Um, And I would say that for me, um, this this part of the 11th step um, looks a little bit, I, I I don't use these paragraphs every morning. Um, what I do is I, I sit down in my prayer and meditation time at the beginning of the day. I take a look at my calendar and my own plans for the day. And, you know, I pray, I meditate, and I use another um, spiritual practice from my own tradition to just place the day in God's hands, um, to place the day in higher power's hands and just say, you know, please, God, guide me in this, in this day. Thy will not mine be done. Um, and what I've also found for me is um, I can be really good about doing sort of the morning spiritual practice piece of this. Um, but in, in working with my sponsor, she really passed along to me a way to sort of stretch out the 11 steps throughout the day. 
Um, because for me, I can be really good at, you know, at, at taking a look at these motives and taking a look at sort of what is my day ahead and, and praying and meditating and asking God for guidance in the morning about, um, you know, about what, how to be of service, how to best be of service to my fellows and, and how to, um, to, you know, divorce myself from these motives to, to really give my day over to God. And then, you know, then comes like 11 a.m. when I'm at work and I'm testy about what somebody else is doing. Or then comes, you know, the moment in the afternoon when my husband texts me and, and I, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm out of this, I'm out of this mode. Um, and so for me, it's, it's been about, you know, taking that 11th step and sort of stretching it out throughout the day through setting a reminder app on my phone around different reflection questions uh, born out of these, you know, the paragraph before this and this one, um, just to just to be sure that this is something that I'm holding on to throughout the day, uh, because it's so much easier for me to do it in the morning and to feel that connection. But it's something I also really need to focus on throughout the day. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful to be here and grateful for all of you. Thank you for making this meeting possible. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lane C. Um, next up, we'll have Roz G, and then we'll be opening it up for more shares. So good morning, Roz. Good morning. My name is Roz G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. And I would like to say that since July the 11th, my current abstinence, um, junk food, has been removed from me. I, I've been abstinent since July the 11th. I, I, I've been abstaining from my, from my alcoholic foods, chocolate being number one. And what does that leave me with? What does abstinence leave me with? It leaves me with the brain that God gave me to use. And for, well, I'm 50-something years old, but for most of those years, I slip into negative thinking. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's raining. Or it's too dry. We need rain. It's like, it's like something happened to me in my life that gave me automatic negative thinking. And, and so this this chapter, this asking God to direct my thinking gives me the opportunity to walk through my day with God-directed thinking. But so much stuff comes up. Thank God for that 10th step because I have to purposefully uh, ask God to direct my thinking and um, throughout the day, to pause when I'm agitated. One of the, the tools in my face-to-face -face meetings is to abstain from negative thinking. So I, I just, every, my morning practice is like y'all's. It's to get on my knees and ask God to divorce my thinking from negative, you know, from the dishonesty, from self-pity. For me, it's jealousy. Uh, jealousy, my most number one haunting negative uh, character defect, and the other one being afraid of being single for the rest of my life. Those two things haunt me. But I have hope through these prayers because they're daily, and I can already sense a shift 
I can sense a shift in my thinking. I don't want to eat junk food anymore. I want to eat natural foods. And another thing is I probably have a little time left, but a little bit. But there's this man in my church choir. Oh, my God, I can't sing this morning. Oh, I'm creaky. Oh, I have to get up. It's like, dude, it's going to be great. It's a beautiful day today. We get to get up here and sing. You know, it's like I don't think like that anymore, and I notice it in other people. So thank God that for this morning routine, Time. thank you, that I get to ask God to direct my thinking and have God-directing thinking all day. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Ross G. Okay, so we are on page 86, second paragraph. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. If you have not shared in the last couple days and would like to share, give me your first name and initial of your last. Rachel K. Monica T. Uh, uh, well, Beth W. Rachel, I heard Beth W. Barbara E. What's up, Rachel? Wait, uh, I'm hearing some mumble jumbles. Lynn S. Darian K. Lynn S. Darian K. Barbara E. Okay, I think that's it, guys, for now. Okay. Monica T. Rachel, I didn't get your initial. Beth W. Melissa C. I think it was Melissa C. Uh, Lynn S. Darian K. And Barbara E. Make sure you're muted. Star one. Let's get started with Monica T. Followed by Rachel. Hey, Monica. Hey, good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So here we are in the chapter into action. I just love these pages 84 through 88 because, you know, I need instructions. I need guidance. And here I'm being, I'm being given all kinds of instructions and guidance on awakening. Wow. You know, this day is a new, is a new day. It's a gift. I got a gift here. What am I going to do with this package today? So I'm going to think. I'm going to just do a quickly little, quick little outline of the next 24 hours. You know, what, what are the things that I might be doing today? Who am I going to be today? God help me here. Who can, who, you know, what would you like me to be today? Who can I help today? And we pray. We ask, you know. And I do this as part of my daily routine every morning. I do do this. And I pray. I'm, I'm asking God. I'm talking to God to remove these bad motives, these, 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 these unhealthy motives that I may have in my brain, you know, because I am dishonest and I want it to be all about me. And um, with this program, it's changing, you know, I'm thinking about others more and more. Wow. Um, and also when I, when I ask him, to remove these things, I also need to listen to what he's saying to my requesting, my asking. Now, meditation to me is listening. I talk, and then, Monica, shut up and listen. Man, it's hard for me, but I'm, I'm working at it. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives, you know, unhealthy inappropriate motives. So I need to be constantly checking my motives. 
And I thank you all for being here on this line. You know, this we are so lucky. We've got a new day, a new gift here today. What can I do for somebody else? And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Monica T. and Rachel. It's uh, followed by Beth W., but Rachel, I didn't get the initial of your last name. Sure. Hi, this is Rachel K. in California. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, so I, this is such a great paragraph and such a great start to a bunch of groups of paragraphs. And there are five sentences in this paragraph, but I am going to concentrate on the first because it says, on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. It doesn't say, let us think about the week ahead or the year ahead or what's going to happen with our career for the rest of our lives, or all the other things that I think about. Um, sometimes on awakening, sometimes first thing in the morning, oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, should I change jobs? I'm never going to find something else, and I'm plugged, et cetera, et cetera. It's let us think about the 24 hours ahead. Um, hello? Can, can I be heard? Hello? Am I being heard? Yeah. Yes, yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My, my uh, headset just my headset just uh, uh, came out. But anyway. Yeah. Just so keep going. Uh, sorry. So um, yeah. So it, that's it's the 24 hours. That's all that I'm responsible for, and I'm not even responsible for it alone. It's me and God. Uh, he is the director, and you know I'm the player. He is running the show. And anything beyond 20, the, the 24 hours ahead is none of my business. That's also where step three comes in. I turn the rest of that over. This is my little piece of real estate. And the rest is, the rest is God's. The rest is just not my concern. And even the, you know, anything beyond the moment that I'm living right now, it doesn't mean that I can't plan ahead, that I can't uh, put structure in my day. Uh, so, you know, I, God did give me a brain to use, but when I start leaping ahead, that means that I'm trying to take back control. Uh, and, you know, the first 10 steps have taught me that while I do have responsibility uh, for the footwork, that I am not responsible for the outcome. That is God's. And so that's why I get to look at my life in these sort of manageable bite size, if you'll pardon the pun, pieces of time, the 24 hours ahead, we consider our plans for the day, not the plan for my whole life or what going. That is odd. Um, so anyway, I think I'm having more technical difficulties now, so uh, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Well, thank you, Rachel. Okay. So next up, Beth W. And I think it might be Melissa P. We'll find out. But anyway, hey, Beth. Hi. Thanks for calling on me. This is Beth W. from North Dakota, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And, um, yeah, this, you know, great paragraphs on these pages and um, have been terrific guides for me. Um, it's easy for me to forget um, that I am letting God direct my thinking. But the word that jumped out to me today is motives, and it shows up twice in this paragraph so I did a quick look up of it, and because um, I always think I know everything, and I, I think it's good to go back to a dictionary. And 
one of the definitions for motives is reason, driving force, or incentive. And I thought about driving force because way back in step three on page 61, it talks about self, or page 60, it says most people try to live by self-propulsion, which was my driving force before. And um, so I can't live by self-propulsion. I can't, um, I have no power on my own. And so what, where is my power coming from? And it has to, I have to give up my motives uh, for a higher power's motives. Um, you know, it says I have to be cleared of wrong motives. And, and that self-propulsion is so easy for me to slip right back into. I, I got this, God. You know, you handle everybody else, but I've got this. And um, so to break it down into just a one chunk at a time, as, as a previous share um, let us know, you know, just just for the day, you know, okay, God, you can have this day and maybe I'll take it back tomorrow. But and then tomorrow I can say, okay, God, you've got this day too. You know, my motives are what I have to check every day. And why am I doing what I'm doing? And it can't be self-propulsion. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Have a great day and thank you for your service. Thank you, Beth W. Sounds like somebody's unmuted. I'm hearing rustling of papers. So you might check your phones, please. Um, so I think it might be Melissa P. is next, followed by Lynn S. Is it Melissa P.? Morning. Hi. Thank you. This is Melissa P. from Buffalo. Thank you for your service. I appreciate and love that you heard me this morning. Thank you. Um, you know, the next 24 hours, that's it. You know, when I was in the food, I was eating enough for my whole life in one sitting, and I was worrying enough for my whole life in one sitting. And I, living like it was one of my many definitions of insanity, where I had to do everything in the next hour. And if you didn't follow my plan, it became a hostage situation where I was directing and I was angry. And I was miserable, and my whole family was miserable when I was around. I was like Hurricane Melissa coming in and just destroying everything in my path, even though sometimes I was trying to fix things and be nice and, you know, my my version of nice. Um, you know, but this morning I woke up different. You know, my family woke up late, and a couple of years ago that would have been a different scene in this house. And for me, <clears throat> I'm trying to meditate on different phrases. And lately, I've been meditating on the phrase, as he would have me be. So when we woke up late and I had to get people out the door and lunch was packed and whatnot, I thought, okay, how would God have me show up right now? That's all I need to think about is how do we get out the door like a sane, recovered woman right now? And it's not something that I wear as a badge of honor. It's a practice. How do I show up right now as a recovered person? Just right now, you know, and it was, it was calm. And I thank God so much for that, for these directions. You know, how would you have me be? Let's take me out of the equation here. Okay, no one's going to die if I'm a couple minutes late to work. You know, take me out, put he in. How would he have me be? Because when I show up in life, as he would have me be, rather than how me would have me be, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's miraculous. And I'm given an opportunity to show up in other people's lives for him, you know, doing, doing his work. I, I don't need to worry about me. He's got that. He's got that. I show up 
for other people, and it's amazing what happens in my own life. You know, the good in my life is a side effect of the good that I do for others. Um, and that's all I got. So have a great day, everybody, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa P. Next up, Lynn S., followed by Darian K. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. This is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. I was just sitting here and and reflecting, and these thoughts came to me, and it was, we used to have a thing here in Toronto, and we called it the checklist. And what we did is we took this paragraph and we put it on a chart, and each question, you know, we asked God to direct our thinking, yes, and is it divorced from self-pity? So each thing had a separate line and a box and a place for the date, and you went off and you checked off this checklist. Oh, and we had checklist buddies, and we reviewed, and we did all this stuff, and we did all this stuff, and we did all this stuff. And it just, what what sparked this thinking, really, was when it talked about our thinking is so much better when it's cleared of wrong motives. And there was nothing wrong with what we did. But for me, doing that checklist was a problem. Because I wasn't truly sitting and connecting with God. I was doing the checklist. Check, 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 check. Yep, box, box. Yep, done that. Yep, good. Okay, good to go. Good to go. And a lot of my life was like that. Because for me, if I could grasp onto something and do it, then everything would be okay. I I got this. I got this. I'm doing it. And a lot of the times... That was my wrong motive, if you know what I mean, like get it done, do this. If I just do this, then I'm going to recover. And a lot of the times that doesn't work for me, but I have to do it to find out there's something wrong. It's not working that way. And what struck me when I saw the word wrong motives is a lot of the stuff that comes into my head that I want to do, there's nothing wrong with that. It's the motive behind it. Why am I doing it? Why did I do all this stuff in a checklist? So I'd have page 86 done, so I'd be good to go, good with God. Okay, on we go, and off I'd go on my merry way. It's all head stuff for me. When it drops into your heart, and I'm connecting with God and asking him to direct my day because I want to serve God, not just get the boxes checked off and get on my way. Everything is so much better. And the actions might be the same. The things I'm going to do that day might be the same. But the motive behind them is so different and so peaceful. It's just such a huge difference. And it's like trying to explain to somebody new that the desire to binge will be lifted and the desire to eat a sandwich between two big thick slices of bread will be lifted. And since May the 9th, 1989, I've never had a sandwich, but more importantly, never wanted one. How can you explain that to somebody who hasn't had that experience? This for me is the same thing when it drops from your head to your heart. How can you explain the difference to somebody who's trying, thank you, so hard to get this? And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you for your share, Lynn S. Next up, Darian K. followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Darian. Good morning, Kelly. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I'll let you know if you can't. Okay, thank you. This is Darian Kay from the Berkshires of Massachusetts, Um, 11 degrees, lovely. (laughs) Um, So I, um, you know, I I love this. This is just, you know, it's just so simple. 
it really is it's to the point and that's what I need um and I um I actually am thinking about the word upon which is funny because um upon is like a fairy tale almost right once upon a time it's just it's it's like upon awakening you know um and I can have that yep can you hear me okay you're coming in. yeah it's kind of uh, cutting it breaking out, up I know it's it's a mountain situation here <laughs> um so I um I mean, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I just, I thought about that and I just thought, yeah, you know what? I get to wake up each morning and, and have this blessing of a program, um, as long as I'm willing to, um, ask my higher power for help. And, you know, prayer is the bookends of my day. It keeps, it keeps my life, um, you know, standing tall and, uh, in, in order. And, um, and so I know I have to, um, you know, be sure that I think about this. And I'm not going to say anything really that anyone else has already beautifully put, but, you know, I also agree um, with the fact that, thank God, it's just this day. Um, for me, I get gripped with fear. It doesn't take much for me to get, like, panicked, fear, help. And, you know, I, um, I am so grateful that all I need to think about is this day. And sometimes it's the moment, too. Um, and just taking a deep breath and thinking about, you know, what, what I can do, what I can do with my higher power for today. And, um, you know, and it's just so freeing and so peaceful and such a good practice, right? Because I just feel like so many people just get up and go, like, you know, you just, you're, you're one foot on a banana peel, just ready to go, you know, plow through the day. And this just gives me that pause to think about, doing the right thing, making the right choices, um, and, and working with, you know, um, my higher power um, just for this one 24 hours. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Darren Kay. And next up is Barbara E. We'll probably have time for another share or two. So good morning, Barbara. Good morning, everyone, and Kelly, thank you so much for your service on this beautiful day. Well, the uh, retiring at night and on awakening in the morning are joined together like Siamese twins. Do they still call them Siamese twins? I hope I haven't offended anyone. When I retire at night, I think about was I resentful, selfish, dishonest, afraid, do I owe an apology? And then in the morning, I found through the wonders of YouTube that there's wonderful meditative music on. And I'm not a walker and I don't go out early in the morning and walk my dog or anything like that. But the visual that's on the screen on my phone is of the countryside. And I close my eyes and I think about the day ahead. I think about all the things that I did the night before, and I make my plans for the day according to that. After saying a prayer to God, because if it is a prayer, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. I am the poster girl for selfish. 
I want you to follow my script. And I want you to follow my script if I even haven't told you what it is. If I say to my husband, when you get around to it, would you do this? What I really mean is, do it now. But he doesn't know that. I haven't told him. And I do come in like a whirlwind when I come in from, the, from being outside. I start talking immediately, a mile a minute. I'm a tornado rushing through life. And I want things done for me because I am self-seeking. I want things to be better. So I, for myself especially, but God did give me a brain to use. And I have to remember that I can place my thought life on a higher plane. I can think about others. I can ask God for inspiration all through the day. And I have to do that. And I have to pause and pray and listen for that bit of intuition that God is telling me the next right thing to do. And sometimes I don't hear it, so I pray and I wait and I listen. And sometimes I think I hear it and I make the wrong mistake. But I know that I have another chance tomorrow to improve because we're always going forward. Even if we fall flat on our face, at least we're going forward. Time. So thank you. Thank you for this opportunity I passed. All right. Well, we have time for a couple more shares. Who'd like to share? Marla. Kim G. And I heard somebody else. Marla. Marla. All right. Let's go with that. Kim, you're up. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. You know, you know, tomorrow I celebrate nine years of abstinence and recovery and working this program with the desperation of a drowning woman, actively engaged in step 11. And I have to tell you, every morning when I wake up and that alarm goes off, it's almost the same thing. I, I wake up in tears going, I don't want to get up. I just don't want to get up. It's not fair. You know, and it just is a reminder to me that my default position is this addict mind. That doing step 11 is the reason I need to do it is because my mind is twisted. My mind is different. You know, they did an interview with some, or not an interview, but they, uh, I saw an article about talking to some of these guys in the early um, part of AA about 10 years in. What's the most important thing about your recovery? And about 80% of them said quiet time in the morning. And that was something that Ann Smith, Dr. Bob's wife, really drilled into them, that quiet time in the morning because Once again, my default position is fear and anger and resentment. I need to reset myself in the morning. I don't wake up thinking about God and being grateful. I wake up restless, irritable, discontent, which is why I need to do this work. You know, and this is just for me. You know, I know that Bill talks about emotional sobriety, and I don't like that language because sobriety to me means that I am abstaining 100%. I'm never going to be abstaining from emotions. I like the language of emotional stability. That's what these steps give me, emotional stability. I get off that roller coaster of emotions. And when I was driving to work today listening to the meeting, I thought about the fact that I always use cruise control, even on a, on a, on a small road when there's no other cars around. Why is that? Because my natural state is to follow the traffic. So I'm going to be speeding if everyone else is speeding. My natural state is that heavy foot. My natural state is what can I get away with? And then living in fear 
of getting caught by the police and getting a ticket. And what does the cruise control do? It gives me stability. I set it at a couple miles above the speed limit and I can relax and I can enjoy the surroundings because the cruise control will keep me at a steady pace. That is what step 11 does for me. Step 10 and 11 and 12 keep me stable. I have emotional stability. I am not high all the time and I'm not low all the time, but I'm still experiencing emotions. Recovery doesn't mean I don't feel fear, I don't feel resentment, I don't feel anger. It means when they crop up, I have a skill set that allow me to connect with a power so I am not a raging lunatic. And the reason I need step 11 in the morning is because I don't wake up grateful. I don't wake up and you think, oh, God, thank you for this day. I wake up frightened and not feeling it's fair that I have to wake up to my alarm. Thank God for this program. And thank God that at nine years, I understand I'm only at the beginning of this recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much for your share, Kim G. And uh, Marla, I didn't get the initial of your last name. Hi guys, it's Marla S. and I'm recovered in Iowa. Um, boy, I'm excited to to get on the line and talk a little bit today. Usually, um, it's funny because I miss a lot of the live meetings because I wake up so late that I am trying to get my quiet time with God during the meeting, and then a lot of times I don't get enough of it, so I want it while I'm driving to work. I mean, I miss a lot of the live meetings, but. I think the thing that's coming to me in the last few weeks, maybe maybe few months even, um, I became aware of how I was trying to do my prayer life on the run. And uh, it's really been hitting me the last few days especially how when I try to pray and meditate while brushing my teeth, while cooking breakfast, while driving, it's still good, it's better than nothing, and it helps me, you know, orient my day, but this idea of stopping, slowing down, making sure that I give enough time to the process, um, there's a real difference in my surrender level when I can stop moving and do my prayer and meditation time, um, and I find that one thing that's really helped me that a friend and program told me, and I've been doing this now to kind of get myself back on track with slowing down, stopping, and really giving God my full attention, because when I'm talking to God on the go, which is important, it keeps you focused on that, but when I'm doing it on the go, half the time it's still in my self-will. Well, God, I'll talk to you, or I'll listen to you, but I've got to get this into the class to be done right now. So you, you kind of, so in the mornings what I've done, because I wake up way too late sometimes, and I've been going to bed too late. So I'm having to change my routines, but the morning one thing that's been really helpful lately in ensuring I get that stopping time is I had a friend who said, just agree to sit down and stop moving for five minutes. If I'm rushing around in the morning, so, so this is what I've been doing just like the last three days. I still talk to God on the go in a lot anyway, but three days now or four in the last few days, sit down no matter how late I'm running stop moving, set my little phone timer, sit for five minutes, and I just look out the window, and I'll just say, okay, God, could you talk to me? Just tell me what you want me to hear. And five minutes when I'm not moving in quiet time is actually kind of a nice amount of time to just listen a little bit. And it's amazing. Just starting with that the last few days, now I'm extending it. It's like, oh, I like this. I like how that feels. So I'm forcing myself to change routines. I'm forcing myself to go to bed earlier 
And I even ask people sometimes, my husband, will you call me and help me wake up faster because I'm a really dead sleeper. Help me wake up sooner so I have more time. Quiet time, stop moving, listening, asking God, what do you want me to know today? Could you please talk to me because <laughs> I am a great talker. And I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for your service, Kelly. Everyone glad to talk and get through and have a super day. Bye-bye. Perfect timing. Thanks for wrapping us up, Marla. So that is the end of our meeting. And um, let's see. I want to thank everyone who shared today. Thanks for Team Thursday. This is our last uh, Thursday of January. Great work for everybody. Uh, we need your service. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. Our share ID for this meeting, Thursday, January 30th, is 14048. 14048. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. <clears throat> A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.